0: Lord's Day 39, what does God require in the fifth commandment? That I show all honor, love, and faithfulness to my father and mother and to all those in authority over me. Submit myself with due obedience to their good instruction and discipline and also have patience with their weaknesses and shortcomings since it is God's will to govern us by their hand. After the sermon, we'll sing together Hymn 56. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fifth word of the covenant, the fifth commandment, is addressed to children. It says, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. But even though this commandment is addressed to children, parents would be missing the boat if they did not see or they didn't want to see that this also lays a responsibility on them. To be a parent and to have a child is not simply for your pleasure, your privilege, your pride, or whatever. To have a child is a responsibility. They are given to us in trust by the Lord. And the Lord demands of parents that we lead our children to Jesus Christ. You can't save your child. You can't give your child faith. But there's a lot that we can do to lead them to Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit will do his work from there on. I'm reminded of a passage in Matthew 19, it's about the Lord Jesus. Children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. Children were brought to Jesus, and he clearly loved it. And he told his disciples off because they tried to keep the children away, saying, you know, don't bother Jesus. He's he's got bigger and more major things to do. Jesus said, no, you let the children come to me because to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. At the very least, what we gather from that, Jesus Christ is saying, don't you do anything to prevent a child from coming to me and do everything in your power to bring children to me, to know me, to believe in me, to be their Lord and their Savior. And if as parents, by God's grace, we do that well, then we understand that the words of Proverbs 22, verse 6 will come true. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Clearly, there's a lot at stake here. Eternal things are at stake. How we raise our children, how we treat our children can affect their relationship with Jesus Christ and where they will be eternally. So when we look at the fifth word of the covenant this afternoon, we're going to look at both aspects, two sides from the side of children and the side of parents. And we'll very much use the words of Paul in Ephesians 6. But let one thing be clear. This is not just about parents with little kids. It's about parents with old teenage children. It's about parents who no longer have children at home. It's about grandparents as well. One thing I've learned as a, a grandparent, or I am learning as a grandparent, you know, whether it's my 17-year-old granddaughter or nine-year-old grandson, Still, have a huge impact, you know, on, on their development. They're getting to know Jesus Christ, to see Jesus Christ in their parents and in their grandparents. This is a message for all of us. And there may be some heartbreak, may expose weaknesses in, in our work as, as parents, uh, but thankfully, there is forgiveness, there's a renewal. Even when you're getting old, you can make changes by God's grace that are a blessing to our children and our grandchildren as well. We'll look at our our, uh, sermon under this theme. In the fifth word, God outlines the blessed bond between parents and children. And we'll look, first of all, at the duty of parents to children and then the, the duty of children to their parents. So first of all, we're talking about the duty of parents to their children. Paul writes in Ephesians 6 in connection with the 5th commandment, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So Paul is literally saying, dads, and that includes moms, don't make your children angry. Don't frustrate them. Don't tick them off. You know, you have to lead them along joyfully and happily in the ways of the Lord. Now we see here that Paul is saying something negative and something positive. Don't provoke your children, don't tick them off, but do raise them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We're going to look at the positive part first. Parents, raise your children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Two words there. They don't mean exactly the same thing, but they're closely related. Discipline means to provide your children with guidelines that will help them make good choices and decisions and take good actions in their life. Basically, that means you need some rules. You, you, you tell your children, you have a curfew. You're home by such and such a time on Saturday night. And no, no, you're, you're not allowed to hack into your sister's uh, social media account. And don't touch a hot stove. Uh, look both ways before you cross the road. And wash your hands after going to the bathroom. Uh, rules like that. You know, it can be spiritual matters, very practical matters. The word instruction, what that means is it's a form of, of counseling. You come alongside your children and you explain why certain things are the right right thing to do. For instance, you say to your children, wash your hands after you go to the washroom. That's the rule. Your child says, why? Why should I do that? And you explain to them about bacteria and how dangerous that is. They get scared, but they understand they wash their hands after going to the bathroom for the rest of their life. And, And there has to be that balance. There has to be rules. Also come alongside your children and explain those rules, reason with them, so they take ownership of the rule, that they understand it, that it's wise, it's good for their lives. And, and if you have that right balance, it's fantastic. If you don't, you'll easily tick your children off and provoke them to anger. For instance, what if you're a real rules-oriented person? It's always rules. You got lots of rules in, in your household for your, for your children. And when you have a rule and a child says why, you say, because I said so. You keep that up, you'll tick them off and provoke them to anger pretty quickly. Sometimes you have to say, because I say so, especially when your children are younger, but it's simply not enough. You can have a basic rule. You say to your children on Sunday... We go to church as a family. Child will say, every child does, why? Why do I have to go to church? You don't want to say, because I told you so. But you want to explain to them, and you've raised them at your home to know God. You say, you know God, right? Oh, yeah, I know God. I love God. Well, the Sunday is where we gather together as a congregation, and we meet our God. We praise him. And we hear his word and we get to know him. We get to know our Lord Jesus Christ and we walk with the Holy Spirit. And kids say, "That that's great. That makes amazing sense. I can tell why you have that rule. We go to church on Sunday because that's how I get to know my my God. You see, what, what you want to do with your children is, is make them understand why some decisions and actions are the best thing to do they make it their own. They take ownership. And from the heart, they want to live that way. But on the other side, to keep the balance, you do have to have some rules. Because you can also have parents, and I've certainly seen that, say, we don't, we don't have rules in our household. I just explain to, to kids, my kids, what's, what's best, and they can decide. You know, I, I tell my child, you don't start dating when you're 14 years old and you so, certainly don't date somebody who doesn't know the Lord and who has a questionable lifestyle. If your 14 year old daughter then starts dating a wrong person, and you confront dad and mom, dad and mom says, Well, you know, I I warned them, I, I said to it, I said to them, don't do it. No, you need a rule. My 14 year old, there is this basic rule that I will explain. You are not dating at age 14, and you're not dating somebody who doesn't love the Lord and walks in His ways. They may not like it at the time, but as they grow older and grow up, generally, children will thank us for those rules which kept them on the right path. But, but there is that balance that we need as parents. You need some rules. Please, not, not too many. Have some rules But also try to teach your children why those rules are right and they are wise. You need that balance. But there is a further balance. And we see that when Paul says, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bring them up. Raise them. You get them as a little baby. and One day they become a man or a woman and and they leave the house. And there has to be change in how you raise your children. You don't raise a 17-year-old the same way you would a 2-year-old. Basically, what we're doing as parents is trying to teach our children not to need us. What we're trying to do is, is guide them to understand to be able to make wise choices, have a good understanding of how to live the Christian life so that one day we can say goodbye, sweetheart. You're, you're, you've grown up. You're going in the right ways. You know, you're, you're making wise decisions. You are more and more stepping out and going on your own. And, and when you do that, it, it comes with Risks. You have to let children go. Guide them and let them make their own decisions. I, I know one man who, who told me a story that he let his son go on a ski trip, cross the border, and um, he didn't come home that night until the wee hours, and came into his parents' bedroom and said, I crossed the border with drugs, and I got busted. They let me go but I am in deep trouble. Of course, dad and mom were, were deeply hurt, but it became a, a talking point that they could reason and discuss this through. This was many years ago when that, that boy turned into be a fine young man, a, a fine husband, and a father. Now, as our, as our children are growing up, we understand that they have a sinful nature, just as we do. They, they will do some things not wise, but as a parent you have to take a certain measure of risk I mean, at some point you have to let them take the family car and go with their friends to whistler for for some skiing at a certain point you have to let your daughter or your son go out, out on a date And if you're not willing to take some risk, you know, a a calculated one because you've taught them well and you see they're making good choices, but if you don't make that risk, if you're going to try to treat them as little and just keep them under rules, things will explode and it'll go, it can go very badly. I remember when I started a university in Toronto, I was with some exceptionally fine Smart young men with big scholarships. And then by Christmas, the dean of students says, You're out of here, you're going home because you're flunking everything. And they were out drinking and partying and making a mess of their life because they had never had freedom. They had never been allowed by their parents to do anything. So when you go to university and university is 600 kilometers away, there's freedom. Now you do what you want, but you, you haven't got the maturity, you haven't got the wisdom. That's what we do as parents. You know, the rules become reasoning and counseling. And as they earn privileges, you give it to them because one day when they leave the house, they need to see it, they need to do it on their own. And we need to bring our children to a point that they don't need us anymore. They're ready to live life on their own with their Lord Jesus Christ. Now, everything that we've said so far will fall flat on its face if parents don't live the very life that they encourage their children to live. Paul says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We looked at the positive side of that. Now, now here's the negative. The negative is, do not provoke your children to anger. You do that, by by giving them rules and advice that you don't follow. What do you think happens to your children when you say to them, you go to catechism class, but dad and mom don't faithfully attend the worship services? What do you think happens when you say to your children, you don't do drugs, but you smoke like a chimney, or you drink far too much alcohol? You tick them off. You provoke them, and you lead them to rebellion. Now, when I say this, I have shivers up and down my spine because I have five children and 14 grandchildren. I made so many mistakes. There's so many things I would, would love to do differently, and I'm so encouraged when our Lord's Day says that children are to have patience with their weaknesses and shortcomings. Thank God that in spite of my shortcomings, my children still walk in the ways of the Lord. But there's a lot of things that as, as parents, we have to realize that our example is so important to our children. One of the big things is that our children see that we love the Sunday and we love worship. And when we come home, we're working with the sermon. We're positive about the sermon and, 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 and we love God's word. And that, that our, our, our children, they, they see that we, we love to read the Bible, that, that we love to pray with our, our children. They need to see that living, personal relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. They see us reading good magazines. They see us reading J.I. Pa- Packer, R.C. Sproul. They also see that we're not always on Netflix watching the next inane movie. Not that I'm saying you can't have Netflix. But what they need to see is that above all else, you love God and his word, and that's central in your life. Children should also see that dad and mom love each other. Bit of a tough one because what marriage doesn't have its rough patches? We have an argument, maybe a silent treatment. Maybe some strong words are, are said. But deep down, children see that dad and mom love each other and that our children say, you know what? I'd like to have a marriage, just like my dad and mom. Our children also need to see that parents are holy people. That they're not gossips. That they, they are honest with paying their taxes, how they treat their, their neighbor, their, their customer. They, they see that they give their first fruits to the Lord. There's no sexual ha- hanky-panky. There's, there's, there's no pornography. And dad and mom love being members of the church. There they, they go to meetings. They visit the widows and the shut-ins. When our children see that kind of lifestyle in their parents, that has an enormous impact on them. And as dad and mom, we should not think, well, what do kids know, right? But one thing I discovered as a parent is that they, they, they have us figured out at an incredibly young age. Maybe, maybe they don't know everything, the ins and outs of our marriage and our lives, but our children have a really good sense of whether we're walking with God if we're living that pure life as our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, gained for us and encouraged us and tells us to live. And it's so important that each one of us evaluates ourselves as parents and ask ourselves the question, how do I expect my child to come to know Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior when they don't see that in me? You know, our, our children in many cases turn out to be just like us. I read once a statistic that children in 75% of cases turn out to be just like dad and mom. They may be rebellious through the teenage years, but after all is said and done, they become like dad, like mom. Do you want your child to be like you? You know, a song that made a deep impression on me when I was younger still does. A song by Harry Chapin, Chapin, The Cats in the Cradle. It's a song about a man who has a son, but he's so busy, he's never home. The son's always like, Dad, can we do something? Sure, son, someday we will. But it never happened. The son grows up and he moves out. The Dad retires and he phones his son. we got time to be together. Sure, Dad, someday we will. Good talking to you. And then Harry says, and as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me, he'd grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. That was not a good thing. Our children grow up to be like us. i give another uh, story, the story of a man who who was old, a widower. He went to live with his son and daughter-in-law and grandson. He got dementia, and one of the results was he was quite gross when it came to eating. So at a certain point, the daughter-in-law says, you're going to eat in a separate room. And then he started breaking plates and cups. So she went to the pig pen, got a wooden trough, and made him eat out of that wooden trough for the rest of his life until he died. And some weeks later, dad and mom, they come into the house, and they see their little boy carving a piece of wood. And they said, what what are you doing? And he said with a smile on his face, dad and mom, I'm making a wooden trough for you so that when I grow up and, and you're old, Uh, you can eat out of this wooden trough. And he thought he was doing a good thing. Our children so often uh, learn their values, their way of life by the behavior of their parents. And if children don't turn out well, that can be the result of their upbringing. And I say that really carefully because there are good parents we have problematic children, but there are also poor parents who have great children. But it weighs heavily on us that we need to give an example of what it is to belong to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Being a parent is not always easy; it comes with a lot of heartache, a lot of a lot of tears, a lot of sorrow about the things that we could have done, should have done, would have done, but we didn't do. Thankfully, we do have our prayer. We have God who forgives us. There's always opportunity for parents to turn to their children and even confess, what I did to you was not right. Children need to hear that as well, to have that open, beautiful conversation and try to get traction to make the, the right turn and go back on the right path. And that brings us to our second and final point, which will be shorter. The fifth commandment literally says, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land your Lord, the Lord your God is giving you. In Hebrew, the word honor means to regard as someone as weighty. And that doesn't mean that you regard your parents as being overweight. It means regard them with honor and respect. Why? Because they're smarter than you? That doesn't work. Kids can often be smarter than, than their parents. Is it because all they did, they changed our diaper, they fed us, they gave us Christian education. There's something to that. But what Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. How you look at your parents ultimately is how you look at your Lord Jesus Christ. So often a child sees God in their parents, which is why it's so devastating when parents, you know, are not really a good mirror of God. But, but our children n- need to understand that at, at their baptism, their dad and mom were asked, do you promise as father and mother to instruct your child in this doctrine as soon as he or she is able to understand and to have their, them instructed therein to the utmost of your power, As children growing up, we need to be deeply aware that our parents stood before God. And they made a promise to God. A promise that they would do everything in their power to raise their children in the ways of the Lord. And for that, children are to respect their parents. Treat them as weighty. Treat them as the people who will lead them to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, unfortunately, there there are things that can really get in the way of that. And the one thing, obviously, is our sinful nature. I have a sinful nature. So do my children. So do my grandchildren. And all of you do as as well. And you see it early. I think of my son. He was just getting to that point. He was starting to talk. He sat in the high chair. We prayed and we said to him, Say amen. Total silence. We said, if you don't say amen, you don't get any supper. Well, after a couple of hours, we realized this boy was going to starve to death if we didn't give him any food until he said amen. We had to give in. We had to give in. Maybe you've had that too. Next day, we prayed and he goes, amen. He could do it. But it was that stubborn, sinful nature. He had to win and he did win. Now, as that, that's a small example, but as life goes on, uh, our, as children, it's because we, we have a sinful nature. We sometimes don't want to be told what to do. We want to just have a fight with our parents. We won't do what they tell us to do. And, and as a parent, you have to be very careful and very wise to pick your fights and, and don't draw a line in the sand all the time. Use some wisdom there. Another problem, of course, is that we are living in a time which is very anti-authoritarian. You know, lack of respect for authority. And that includes dad, dad and mom. You know, when when I was a kid, um, we watched TV shows like uh, Father Knows Best and My Three Sons. And those shows, dad was very much, you know, had the authority and he was wise and smart and the kids would always listen to him. Whereas TV shows now, dad is often a bit of a doofus. Oh, once in a while, the old guy comes up with a good idea, but you know, it's, a, it's kind of a one off here here, and there. There isn't that respect in our world, in our culture, for dad and mom the, the way it, it used to be. It just isn't there, and it can lead to horrible things. 16 year old daughter. Go to the doctor and say, give me a prescription for the birth control pill. And the doctor is not even allowed to tell dad and mom what's happening. Dad and mom in our society simply don't have that kind of authority that they ought to have in being able to guide and advise their 16-year-old daughter about matters of sexuality and certainly say to them, "You, you can't have premarital sex. There's all kinds of severe consequences for that. The other thing, of course, about our culture and about the old sinful nature is that children sometimes are quite happy with the world in which we live. And will some will endlessly battle their parents on all kinds of issues. I'm not going to church. If I want to smoke marijuana, I will smoke marijuana. If I want to go out with that boy or that girl, I'm going to do it. And then in the Christian home, there are huge battles. And the only person who's really smiling from ear to ear is the devil. What are we to do? Psalm 119 asks the question, how can a young man keep his way pure? And the answer is immediately given by guarding it according to your word. Boys and girls, I know there are struggles sometimes to... Respect and obey your parents. And it's, it's because of a sinful nature, because of the kind of world we live in. You know, you don't want to follow your parents' advice. But really, do you want to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you want to live a life that is holy and wise, where you will have a marriage and a family that walks in the ways of the Lord? Love your parents. Respect them. Take their counsel and advice and instruction and their rules. They may not be perfect, but they are the ones who are trying to lead you to Christ and to be mature citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Do not fight. Do not rebel. Do not disobey and destroy the relationship you have. There's one other practical consideration that I'd like to mention before we come to our close. And again, it's the world in which we live, you know, this is even before my time, but if I talked to my parents, whether it was living in Holland or northern Ontario, whatever, in the wintertime, the only warm place in the house was the kitchen. So everyone sat in the kitchen until they went to bed. But today, the whole house is warm, and you, you come into a home and you wonder if, do you have children? Oh yeah, we have five children. They're all in their bedroom, and they're all on their, on their phones and, and laptops, whatever. And I say, Dad, Mom, give your head a shake. I think, children, give your head a shake. I'm not saying there's never a time for a private moment for our children, but children and parents need to be together in the same room every day for a reasonable amount of time. You know, to have that dialogue that, that, that children get to know their parents who love the Lord. And we'll talk about that with their children. And the children say, you know, dad and mom, I am wrestling with stuff. You know, I've got this problem with my teacher. I've got this problem with my fellow students. And you can talk about it together. We need that time together. Don't, don't sit there on social media for hours every day or in the privacy of your, of your room. Dad and mom and children need time number of hours together every day to talk to get to know each other because in this way parents and children may grow together and children more and more grow in wisdom and understanding of what it means to be a child of God and they are ready to step out one day on their own will they make mistakes yes they will just like we made mistakes but they will also be forgiven and guided by the Holy Spirit into a blessed marriage and to have their own children and raise those children in the fear and the wisdom of the Lord. Amen.